Welcome back to Whitgift Conversations, the podcast where we talk to staff, parents and pupils about topics that are relevant to you. In this episode, we're talking to member of staff and old Whitgiftian, David Powell. So David is about to talk through what life was like when he was a young boy at the school, what changes he's seen, but also how the school holds on to traditions while also evolving with changing times. And then we get to hear about the Afro-Caribbean society that David's involved in and the things that he gets up to when he's not in school. So come with me now as we step into a conversation with David Powell. David, welcome to this episode of Whitgift Conversations. How are you doing today? I am very good. It's been a been a good day at school. I had the privilege of watching a very competitive rugby training with some of our younger boys at the end of the day. And also, to be honest, today for me was just a good day to just catch up on some admin. Um, I had a few things I had to send to parents and whatnot, so it was a good chance for me to kind of get ahead of myself in that in that sense. It's always a good feeling, isn't it, when you sorted out a bit of that admin. But tell me a little bit more then about what it was that you were doing there at the end of the day and which year group that was with. So, yeah, so it was with the lower first, which is our, our year six cohort. Um, so I'm, I'm the head of year, head of year, head of year six. So it was great just to get out of there and just see them and going through the motions. They're learning, you know, the kind of rudiments of the game and tackling, you know, trying not to get their head hurt. Uh, so yeah, it's good just to see, you know, a lot of them are at the beginning of their journey. And yeah, at the same time, I was kind of joking around with some of the coaches about, you know, where a particular player might end up in terms of, you know, their physical build or mentality, their kind of style of play. But they're all super keen and, um, you know, hopefully it's, it's a good season for them all. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That sounds really good. Sounds really positive. David, tell me a little bit about what life was like when you were at school, when you were at Whitgift yourself as a boy. Yeah, um, it, it was it was full on. There was there were so many opportunities for us. That, that's always been a core of, of the Whitgift um, tradition, as it were, to to give students such a wide variety of opportunities. And for me, I was I was a small, skinny kid from the north side of the borough um, here in Croydon. And, you know, just like some of the boys that I was watching today playing rugby for the first time, and there was a school trip to Paris for bonding as a year group in my first few mm. weeks. Um, so that was great. And, and that kind of sense of adventure and... and trying new things was constantly kind of reinforced throughout my time at Whitgift and made some really great friendships and a lot of whom I'm still friends with to today coming up to nearly two decades on <laughs> and yeah it's, it was it, it was fun you know there, there were also challenges you know and I've been very honest about some of those challenges in some of the conversations I've had since returning and and just kind of helping the society at Whitgift, you know, in the different communities that we have to, to be even more integrated as we as we move through through time. And for the sake of people listening, what years were you there from and to? So, yeah, so I started in 99 in the lower first, incidentally. So I was in a year six myself um, and I left in uh, 2005 after my GCSEs. And when I just asked you your experience, there were two words that jumped out at me. One of them was opportunities and the other one was challenges. Tell us a little bit about those opportunities, how they presented themselves to you and what they were as well. Yeah, I think so the opportunities, you know, were in terms of just being with around different people, a different set of, of backgrounds f- from, you know, the, the catchment for, for the school is so wide. Mm. And so myself, you know, up until that point, you know, I had my church community, I had my family and, you know, things were pretty samey, as it were, you know, mm. and, and, and coming into Whitgift and... and just coming through those big brown doors and seeing boys from different 
areas, from different stories, different cultures, different levels of experience in terms of on the sports field. And that resetting of kind of the social dynamics, that was an opportunity. That in itself was an opportunity. And hmm. we, we all had to navigate the same path, and you know, and yet we all navigated in different ways. We're learning off one another. We're learning from one another um, whilst setting our sights on achieving the best that we can can do and from the jump from from the very beginning that was something that was very prevalent in 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 what my teachers were expecting of me what the pastoral teams were expecting of us was that we would achieve um our potential and Mm. they didn't shy away from that conversation doesn't matter how um how young you were they wanted you to believe in better they wanted you to see yourself as as doing the best you could do and definitely that kind of began to resonate within me and and kind of lit a flame for academics and 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 trying new things which definitely kind of carried on through my career post school in terms Mm. of the challenges the challenges were at the time our student body wasn't as diverse as it is now and so there was sometimes the the feeling of being isolated in in some of my you know my story as it were and, and and not really having a sense of connection with my community within Whitgift. But I think I, I, I struck it quite lucky in the sense that I knew some of the older boys that had kind of come through the school. And so I was kind of connected um, vertically through the school, mm. which kind of helped keep me helped keep me grounded. But that was definitely something that was a challenge at first. But by the time you got into, you know, your GCSE years, you know, the, the, our friendship groups were quite set and, and you know, we, we did the best we could. Well, it's interesting to hear how life was at school. I mean, you mentioned two decades ago, which is quite a significant amount of time. And clearly the school's gone through some changes. I, I don't want to feed an answer to you, but tell me a little bit about some of the changes that you've seen now that you're back at the school. Yeah, well, definitely being back and seeing the student body is, is a lot more diverse. Hmm. That The numbers are ever increasing. And and I think it's 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 fair to say that there are a lot more I reference this a lot, a lot more stories being represented in each classroom. It's not just the same type of quote-unquote student that comes through Whitgift. Different stories, different backgrounds, different journeys. For instance, like I work in the SEN department. That didn't exist when I was um, in school. So I can only imagine... And SEN, just for people listening? Special educational needs. So we work with, with um, students who have a diagnosis of dyslexia, ADHD, and, and, and so on and so forth. And the, the amount of provision that we provide is incredible. And I can only imagine which students who were at the school during my time and how maybe they have, maybe would have been able to do better if they had that level of support, you know, mm. like I said, 15, 20 years ago. Um, but the mm. support's in place now. And we're continuously looking at how we can evolve and how we can develop our support for students who have those diagnoses. There is no stigma um, attached to it. There is no um, reflection on their intellect. No neurodivergence is, is a way for us to see how people actually are different and yet they're still mm. given the same opportunity to thrive. And so having that extra layer of support um, is very crucial and it's been great to see. And also co-curricular provision. You know, I mean, it was good when i was there but now it's mm. just it's, it's it's so far beyond anything we could have imagined you know in terms of the number of boys representing the school on a weekly basis the number of sports that we we cover the amount of teams we send out every week it's mm. an incredible um, thing to witness and myself i work with the, the football department so i coach a football team and i coach a basketball team and just seeing how they have been able to build up these these sports which weren't as prevalent when i was in school into mm. what they are now you know challenging for 
for you know national honours, producing really um, incredible talent, talented players. It's great to see. So I think that's mm. definitely something coming back that that keeps it exciting. The school definitely hasn't stood still, and I don't think it ever will. So fairly significant changes then from when you were a pupil to now being a member of staff. And, and I imagine that for people listening, if they think back to their own time at school, then they'll probably recognise there were some fairly significant changes back then to how their school was looking today as well. Tell me a little bit about how we as a community, as a society, can balance holding on to our traditions, but also evolving with changing times. I think one of the things that we have in our favour, definitely at Whitgift, is is the number of OWs, as we call them, you know, old Whitgiftians that serve as members of staff. Mm. Now, it's not necessarily a, a given that you have to have a private school education to be a teacher at Whitgift. It's definitely mm-hmm. not that. But those that have come through Whitgift, that have a sense of the journey that we're on, appreciate what might have been, critically can analyse what might have been and what may need to be left behind and also Mm. kind of help move the conversation forward but i think the whole staff body have been really crucial in in helping to galvanize any change that needs to happen and i think for me you know coming into this space again just seeing a commitment to to never stand still and that doesn't go out of fashion you know Mm. a drive for excellence doesn't go out of fashion it doesn't matter whether you're Mm. on the football pitch or in the classroom doesn't matter whether you have a SEN diagnosis or not you know excellence can be found within your pursuits you know you can be the best that you can be I know it sounds almost cliche but these are things that underpin the experience at the school and and again like I said it never goes out of fashion so we just have to find new ways to communicate that to a new generation and Mm -hmm. a generation who you know it's definitely more of a microwave generation than it would have been 20 30 years ago there's new challenges in terms of you know technology but at the same time every challenge is an opportunity in a sense you know so we can communicate mm. the message differently so you know using our media using podcasts like this one you know to mm. to communicate um that maybe would have got stuck in the mud 20 years ago mm. so i think we have more avenues but there's still the message and that core message is the same and as long as we commit ourselves to be critically um to analyze and see okay is that does it need to be refined okay it does but every generation can can you know achieve their best that, that's never going to go mm. out of fashion you mentioned about the drive for excellence within the school yeah. tell me a little bit about how how that looks in everyday school life yeah so it's you know it starts from from the pastoral support we offer the boys we've even over the past six seven years that i've been there we have constantly made changes to the level of support we offer so you know from our form cheers to our year group teams the amount of staff members that are responsible for the well-being of our students is Mm. definitely increasing over the years so that there are so many various touch points um so as to you know hopefully ensure that no boy goes under the radar you know Mm. we don't want it to be a case of that you just kind of go through year on year and and don't feel seen don't feel valued don't feel like you're you're being heard you know so that from from the jump from eight o'clock when they walk through through the doors and and they 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 see that level of care and concern that's Mm. an important facet of of our of our drive for excellence and then Mm. the quality of the teaching staff 
our commitment to teaching and learning, you know, not staying still. You know, we have our own training days and, and training opportunities to develop ourselves as teachers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the curriculum may be the same in some, you know, maths is maths, <laughs> you know. Yeah. As far as I know, there's been no major maths breakthrough that has now revolutionized maths teaching. But even if the content may be the same, the way we deliver it, again, exploring um, neurodivergence. Maybe there's different ways we can communicate the same message based on the audience that we have. Mm. So we're never standing still, you know, so, you know, a student goes through the first five, six, seven lessons, well, the seven lessons in a day goes through all seven lessons, receiving information from teachers who are committed to not standing still and to be the best mm. version of themselves. And then he steps out onto, um, into a co-curricular situation. So maybe it might be chess club, might be um, one, uh, animal society, it might be rugby. Mm. And there he encounters staff who are passionate and fellow students who are passionate about whatever it is that their their chosen society is mm. and and we know what passion does you know passion catches fire doesn't it and so you know it, it takes root it's another community to buy into it's another place to be seen it's another place to be heard another place for your passions to be to be explored so that's an important part of it and and that overall you know reinforcing of that day in day out is what produces this drive for excellence throughout the, the mm. whole school sounds so encouraging to hear it really does David, one of the things you mentioned about is about how the student body has changed from when you were at school to how it is today. Uh, what what do you think that you've learned as a member of staff as a result of that? Stay on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, the, the students at the school, they, they throw so many different things at you. For instance, you know, so let's be honest, you know, with the advance of technology, a lot of, student, a lot of students are being exposed to things at a very early age. So we've had to, you know, certain conversations you may not have had until 14, 15, 16, you might be having at 12 mm. or 13. Not always mm. for the best, but it is what it is. You know, this is the world we mm. live in. We've seen it through the pandemic. They're consuming information at, uh, at a rate that is unprecedented, you know. So you have to bring your toes, <laughs> you know. You're going to have <laughs> some really, you know, heavy conversations, for want of a better phrase, and to be ready for that, to, to navigate that sensitively, age appropriate, obviously, but also to, to let them know, I think it's key for me to, and in my journey over the past few years, to be honest and open and vulnerable with them to say that I'm learning as much as you are learning, you know, mm. as, you know, if we look at diversity and inclusion and the language around race, sexuality, gender, that's mm. constantly evolving. So I can't put pressure on a, on a 12 year old to know everything. At the same time, I'm honest enough to say I don't know everything. Let's let's journey on this together. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with us not having the answers. I think there is sometimes a stigma around private schools and, and the whole sector about academic arrogance. But I definitely believe in our walls, we are definitely trying to be vulnerable and, and humble enough to say we don't have all the answers, but we can still mm. pursue them. And I think it's that mm. relationship between faculty and and students that is very powerful in building that relationship building that trust benefiting all of us as, as a whole mm-hmm. that's really good to hear that really is uh david i i hear uh, on the grapevine that you also run the afro caribbean society at whitgift tell me a little bit about that what it is and who's involved in that as well yeah so it's a, again so like i mentioned about you know when i was at, at the school you know the student body wasn't as diverse but coming back it's, it's very much you know, the numbers have increased amongst the different communities and the Africa Caribbean Society was actually established by a, a student um, I think he was in our okay. sixth form at the time so as is kind of the custom at, at Gift, you know 
you're allowed to put forward a proposal to the co-curricular team and, and they will kind of see how they can facilitate it so the agreement was to um joe golden who set up the um the the society that yep you can run it if you get a member of staff to to kind of run it hand in hand with yourself so he approached me he approached me after a football match <laughs> and he says sir this is what i want to do can i send a proposal to you what do you think and i think the important thing that i, I always stress is that we didn't actually agree on everything you know mm. it wasn't like oh this is exactly how we're going to go but there was enough of an agreement for us to say let's try this and it's been an important vehicle in allowing our afro-caribbean students to again feel seen feel heard so every two weeks we meet and it's it's traditionally from year 10 and up just because of some of the nature of the conversations that we have um around mm-hmm. language around um sexuality around black culture and, and some of the things that our students unfortunately go through however it's not definitely it's definitely not a closed door and what it's led to is that there are so many spin-offs from it um in terms of how some of the older students are mentoring some of the younger ones the connection to some of our alumni um who have gone into the world of industry our connection with other independent schools and their efforts mm. with their afro-caribbean community mm. so definitely there's been so many opportunities that has exploded from you know a student's idea and again it's this this drive for excellence it's you know anything is possible give it a go let's see what happens so you know i definitely give credit to him I, i'm still in contact with him quite regularly and it helped myself and, and other members of staff feel feel included in the narrative there are members of staff who are not from the Afro-Caribbean community who regularly attend our meetings um, to hear the stories that they've not been exposed to before and to learn from our students, to, to hear from our students, especially over the past year and a half with everything around just the, the, the nature of the narrative around the black community and mm. some of the grief and trauma that we've been through with George Floyd and, and everything coming from there. It was great mm. to have a space where these students had a platform to articulate themselves and to hear a response from the faculty who want to be there for them. Um, mm. So that, that's been very powerful and hopefully we continue to grow. Our, our numbers are, you know, some of our recent meetings have been standing room only. Um, mm. So Gosh. it's been good to, <laughs> so, you know, might have to get a bigger classroom as, as the oh, years I, go I on. love that. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger boat. This is all good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. And great to hear as well the, the potential there about linking up with other schools and yeah. and you know possibly other Afro Caribbean societies in other schools and joining together there. Yeah, definitely. It's 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 something that I spoke to um you know our deputy head you know Mr. Dale Kirby about you know I definitely want to get out ahead of this in the independent sector. Now I'm not saying that we're going to be the best. But I want to make sure that our name is, is mentioned when they speak about the care for Afro-Caribbean students within the independent sector. Mm. I want to make sure that we have some sort of input with shaping the future generations and their pastoral care and whether they feel seen and heard. Mm. So, mm. And, and, and it's not just me. The students have brought into that. They've brought us so many good ideas, you know, what they need from us, what they want to see. And they so far they trust us and and they love Mm -hmm. the fact that we're delivering you know as 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 best as we can on on our targets and like i said it's Mm. it's, it's created such a wealth of opportunity to be involved and actually the greatest privilege i have is now seeing some of the students who've been with us for three four years now they're Mm. hosting their own assemblies you know now they're writing their own papers now they're doing their own presentations and they're getting involved in the local community and and 
just helping others, you know, and giving back. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's something which is at the core of what we, we stand for at WeGift. So it's been great to see. David, let's just jump out of school life for a second. Um, how would you say the culture at WitGift presents itself within yourself in, in, in the wider community outside of school, in, in the things you do when you're not at school? Yeah, so I, th- I think it's best summarised in a story, which actually starts in school, but it, it links into f- beyond that. So, you know, again, I, I played rugby. I wasn't the best. So I, was, I was athletic enough and I got stuck in. Um, and I remember one training session where a coach had us diving across the line in, in perfect conditions. There was no rain, there was no nothing, and there was no opposition. And it was like, why are we doing this? And when we asked him why we were doing that, he said, because I want you to be prepared to put your body on the line to score a try in the last seconds of a tight game should mm-hmm. you know come what may and to have that gumption to not even think about it just to go the extra mile um, mm. now I can't even tell you the amount of games that we won you know the close games because someone mm. did something just going beyond themselves and that's something that stuck with me so in my, my endeavours since school so you know going into the music industry um, always trying to be better always trying to go the extra mile in, in you know I've worked on different concerts I've worked on different tours think about the presentation of that thinking about how we can you know impact the audience in a different way in a new way and it's been very exciting and, and definitely mm-hmm. you know even linking up with other weak giftings some of them have gone into maybe going into medicine gone into law gone into going back into teaching like myself they definitely have that same kind of ethos like let's how can we do better how can we keep evolving and moving forward and 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 scoring that last minute try to get the job done Mm. so it's it's that kind of determination to to not let anything stand in your way and and it does it definitely does resonate and i'm sure some of the students i've coached over the years um now that i'm back at gift they also have heard my speeches at half time you know when the tips are down uh so uh, yeah Mm. it's it's been great to see that kind of play out again in the next generation as well and then you mentioned music there tell me a little bit about that what sort of music do you involve yourself in when you're outside of school yeah so so i mean there's different uh, avenues I'm, i'm involved in my my degree is a jazz degree so i've got a jazz degree from birmingham conservatoire play the piano that's my main instrument i do dibble and dabble on others but uh the main music i do at the moment is gospel music i do a lot of church festivals and and um tours like that but i also produce music so music for adverts music for podcasts uh music for um marketing campaigns um like mm-hmm. jingles for radio that kind of thing so that's kind of where i invest my time now because i don't have the flexibility to be on the road for two weeks for three months or whatever as i might have done when i was younger but in terms of making a 30 second jingle that will be heard a thousand times over Mm. it's a a nice little avenue to keep my creative juices flying (laughs) yeah this is good this is not what i was expecting but but that sounds fantastic (laughs) yeah it does it does it it's it's again you know and i actually discovered this when i was at at whitgift as a a student you know that's where my um professional opportunities as a musician started um i've been playing music since i was like seven you know i grew up in quite Mm. a musical family again around the church community there's a lot of music around but then being at whitgift and linking up with older students who are involved in bands and charity events and and different things and you know we have one of our alumni who went on to be quite a prominent singer songwriter in a major pop group i was working with them quite early on because of the connection through school and it just helped me kind of get my feet into the industry and then things Mm. kind of just blossom from there that sounds fantastic david we need to bring this to a close 
But if anyone's heard anything and wants to get in touch with the school, what's the best way for them to, to connect? So school, just hit us on the website. Just quick search a week of school, you'll find our website. And also, just if you want to find out more about maybe the SEN department or maybe some of our sports, definitely give give us a call um, and you can be directed to the relevant um, faculty member. We do have open days um, every so often, so keep an eye on the website for that. We're also quite prevalent on Twitter. So yeah, there's so many different ways. Again, a new message, same message, but for a new audience, there's different ways to connect. Well, look, David, thank you for being here. Thank you for talking to us about all of this. Opening up life at Whitgift through your eyes. It's been great to hear all of this. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Simon. It's been an absolute privilege. Thanks for that. So that was David Powell, member of staff and old Whitgiftian. Thank you, David, for coming on to this episode of Whitgift Conversations. So good to talk to you about your experiences. Now, the next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.